Here we go. So thank you, everybody, for making it happen this morning. All right. It is time to go to the word. And if you have all of your if you have your um, your devices, if you're taking notes, however you connect with us, let's get it together. So it's my prayer that as we share um, the word of God with you, that you take notes. Now, excuse me, when I share things with you, um, what you have to do as you are taking your notes, it's imperative that you say, hey, I'm going to work on this this week. Okay, you cannot with everything that I share. Sometimes you cannot do you can't do it all. And the changes you want to make and the things you want to add and build into your life, uh, you just got to do it a little bit by little bit. So I want to encourage you this morning to take it slow. Take a little bit by little bit. Don't do nothing. Do something. But you can't do everything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I want to encourage you along that line this morning. So let's uh, go to the word. And let's pray right before we do that. Would you turn your hearts toward God this morning? So, Father, we give you glory and honor. And we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God that hears and answers prayer. And so, Lord, we are crying out to you this morning. We're crying out in repentance for the things that we've overlooked, the things that we've done wrong, the disobedience that we've had, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, disconnect of relationships uh, where we've not operated in reconciliation. We repent for those things. We repent for what we've said and thought, what we've done and not, did, not get done. We repent for those things. And we ask this morning that you would... Uh, hear us from heaven create within us a clean heart and renew within us the right spirit now Lord we cry out to you because you are the God who created everything Father some don't believe you don't believe in you but it is because of your grace that they wake up every morning some don't trust you and they trust their own ingenuity and their own money and their own influence and status but we realize that it is you that gives us the power to gain wealth. So Father, we, your children this morning, cry out to you because we depend on you. We didn't wake ourselves up. We don't have enough sense to do that. So thank you for touching us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for guiding us and building us and keeping us. So this morning, Lord, as we approach your word and you download to us, I pray, Father, that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit, allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, y'all, last week we started a new series. The reason we are teaching the way we're teaching is because we serve a God who knows the end from the beginning. We serve a God who says that uh, he does nothing into the earth, 
without first revealing it to his prophets. So we are teaching the way we're teaching because God is preparing us and uh, strategically getting us ready for whatever uh, things that are to come. I remember distinctly saying to you when I was teaching in the living room in 2020, saying to you that some changes were coming in the earth and that God was getting us ready for that, that he was getting us ready um, for um, the interruptions in, in some of the supplies and all of that. And so it was my prayer that you heard us. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes, and here's what Jesus teaches. Jesus teaches that a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. And it is my prayer that you are hearing the prophetic words that come from Christ-centered church uh, teaching platform. Um, but if you don't and you're listening somewhere else, as long as you're getting it and responding, it works for me. Um, but the Lord is talking to us right here. And um, sometimes, you know, like I, I say to you sometimes, I wish I could just pour it in so you can get it. But uh, the bottom line is the Lord is preparing us. And as we see things like recession and uh, stuff like that on the rise, the Lord told us that there would be uh, bread in Joseph's house and to spare in the time of famine. Now, that's what the word teaches us. We see that there in Genesis, but the Lord told us that that was coming down the line and he was gonna supply needs for us. What I am teaching in this series is just that I want us to be able to focus on um, not just what it seems like we don't have, Okay, because that's the way it works, uh, because what we hear in the news is like, man, it's costing families an extra five hundred four to five hundred dollars a month um, to do what they normally do. As it relates to groceries and gas, you know, just an extra five hundred dollars a month to survive. That may be true. And for for many of us, though, although we see it and feel it, it's not like beating us down like you know, the fear that some people had prior to all of this because the Lord is sustaining us. Okay. He's sustaining us. Sometimes it seems like, um, man, I'm not going to have enough, uh, to make it through the end of the month. But next thing you know, the end of the month has come and gone and you still had a little bit left over. And you're like, man, maybe I didn't calculate that right. I think I mentioned that last week. It happens because God is sustaining us. Hear me, people. God is going to sustain you in this season. But he is also sending the word to teach us to call uh, call our attention to certain things that's kingdom thinking and kingdom principle. OK, so that's why we're starting this series. So we started it last week. And so what I did last week was I laid a foundation and in laying this foundation, I wanted to help normalize and stabilize our thinking at the kingdom level. OK. Kingdom level thinking does not come natural. It naturally, although we are from, uh, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We got to think about that thing. Okay. We got to be intentional. I cannot trip out on what's going on. I cannot be overwhelmed. Okay. You got to strategically think, because here's what I know personally. The enemy comes to attack your brain, your emotions, to let, to make you feel like, you don't have what it takes to keep moving. 
And God says, no, that is not the truth. I've given you currency. That's kingdom currency. Okay. So let's, let's do some, uh, let's talk a little bit here. I want to revisit some definitions. Last week I gave you a definition of currency and money. Currency and money. Let me adjust. And it says uh, that currency is a system of money in common use within a specific environment over time, especially for a people in a nation. Okay, that's what currency is. It is uh, a system of money. Here's what money is. Money is uh, something generally accepted as a medium of exchange, a measure of value, or a means of payment. Now, those things, like I said, we may revisit them every week because I really want you to see the parallel here in what God is uh, showing us and talking to us about uh, in this uh, series that we're doing called Kingdom Currency. Because there is a currency, y'all, that is not paper money, that is spiritual, that does bring a return when we utilize it, okay? I'm going to give you, I got six of them that I want to deal with. And I may, some weeks I may do two in one, or we may just take our time and walk through it. But let me give them to you and you can write them down and maybe you can start uh, going ahead and reading upon them, uh, reading on some uh, of these uh, topics as well as kind of understanding, starting to work in understanding of how it is a medium of exchange spiritually. So number one is faith and there's no different, no order, but I'm just I just wrote it down here. Faith is a medium of exchange or, or currency that we're working with worship relationship or relationships, sowing, stewardship, uh, obedience, faithfulness, and time. Faith, worship, relationship, sowing, stewardship, obedience, faithfulness, time. Those are the six things that we want to cover uh, in this series, unless God gives us more as it relates to uh, kingdom currency. So this morning, I want to start with faith because it is what we kind of understand to be a medium of exchange. And when we start talking about it, when I say a, a currency or a medium of exchange, think about the definitions I've given you. Uh, it's a system of money or money is something that uh, we exchange for value. This is what happens. But and we've been taught for years that faith is a currency. It is. It's not the only one, though. And the Lord keeps showing me and helping me understand some things. But let's start here with faith. So if you would, we know we got it. If we're going to talk about faith, we've got to go to Hebrews 11, right? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. You there? Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 1. I'm reading from the King James Version. And it reads like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay. Now, faith is the uh, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is not uh, a definition of faith, it is a description of faith. Okay. 
this verse one, chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse one describes faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that we do not see. Okay, so let me give us a working definition. Some years ago, I did a, a series on faith and I came up with this working definition and I want to go back and use it here because as a currency, it, it really does line up as a currency. So let's dissect uh, this verse one really quickly. When we start looking at the word faith, faith is, and here's what you can write down, it's a reliance upon God. That's what faith is. Reliance upon God. Okay, faith is a credence or moral conviction. It's a moral conviction of a, a religious truth or truthfulness, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. So you could put reliance upon Christ or reliance upon God for faith. Okay, so it says now faith is the substance. Let's look at this word substance really quick. The word substance is the word. Uh, yeah, you don't have to put those definitions up. That's just too much. Okay, you don't have to put that up. But um, substance is the word support. Okay? It's the word support. So, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Look at the word hope. It is the word to expect. Okay? To expect or to confide. To trust. Then we look at now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence. So the word evidence is the word proof a conviction. So let me give you a working definition. We could put this particular definition up, guys. Here's what it says as a kingdom currency. I want you to to look at faith this way. Faith is reliance on Christ. Supporting what you're expecting and proof of what you've yet to see. This is the this is the exchange that I have faith and my faith supports what I'm expecting to see. And it is proof of what I've yet to see. Y'all hear me say for years that sometimes you got to see the not yet seen. You have to see a thing before you obtain it. You have to go there before you get there. Uh, those kinds of things. So that's where faith comes. Okay. So let me give you in passing really three things and you can write these down that you need to know regarding faith. Here it is. You ready? Our confidence must be in the power of Jesus Christ. That's where our confidence must be. We believe in Jesus. That's number one. Here's number two. We cannot have faith in faith. Yep. Uh-huh. You cannot have faith in faith. Oftentimes that separates Christ followers and uh, how do I want to say it? Uh, it separates Christ followers for the people who are Christian just out of popularity or it's just like it's a cultural thing. Christian, I believe Jesus. Oh, yeah, I got faith. My faith. Yeah, my faith. I believe in faith. I got faith. Listen. Faith is a medium exchange. Okay, that's bottom line. We believe in Jesus Christ. You cannot have faith in faith. Here's number three. Faith has no power in itself. 
you use faith and you place that faith in, on, around God. Are you hearing me? Faith has no power in itself. And many of us use faith and we don't see the outcomes that we're looking for because our faith is in faith. And faith has no power. Okay. Faith has to be in God. Okay. That's that. I'm trying to move fast. I'm leaving them get you out of here early today because I'm halfway through. Now, let's look at this. Look at Matthew chapter 17. And for many of you, this is some review stuff. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus teaches a lesson on faith. And as we use faith as a currency, we got to we got to go get it as a currency. There's some stuff that we need to understand. So Matthew chapter 17, verse starting at verse 14. Here's what it says. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith uh, as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind goes not out except by prayer and fasting. So let me um, let me bring you up to speed here. There was a man who brought his son to Jesus disciples. Jesus, James and John was up on the mountain and they were praying and having an encounter with God there. This man whose son had epilepsy brought him to the disciples. Well, the disciples couldn't cast the devil out of him or couldn't heal him. OK. Um, and so then as Jesus and the guys were returning, they see this little altercation. It was a little it was just a, a ruckus, if, it, if you will. And Jesus says, hey, what's going on here? And the man spoke up and says, I brought my son to uh, to your to your um, to your disciples and they could not uh, help him. OK, so he gives Jesus the history of the boy and Jesus looks at the boy and uh, cast the devil out of him. Right. Just that easy. The boy stops foaming at the mouth, stops convulsing and um, gets up and he's good. Well, later on is where we pick up and the disciples kind of lean over to Jesus privately and say, hey, so what happened back there that we couldn't do that? And Jesus responds to them in a really interesting way. And he says to them, um, he says, you couldn't do it because of your unbelief. OK, that's why you couldn't do it. And uh, he says, but now if you're going to do anything, he says, now, if you got faith, you can. Here's a colloquialism, a colloquialism from that day. You can speak to a mountain. In other words, it could be a big issue that will respond favorably if you have faith. Jesus says, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed. OK, so now let's deal with it. They couldn't do it. He said, and this, this kind only goes out by fasting and prayer. So hear me. I'm, I'm rushing through this so I can give you the other couple of nuggets and we'll be done. Jesus is saying to them, when it comes to this currency, he says, you couldn't cast it out because here's the original translation. What we read is because of unbelief. The original translation says, because 
of your little faith. Little faith. Which is still an issue for me because Jesus just said if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move, you can say to the mountain, go here and, and it'll go. Okay, so hear me. Uh, a mustard seed is the smallest seed in the vegetation kingdom or vegetation world. Mustard seed, where we get mustard, the smallest one. However, it yields one of the biggest trees in, as far as wide, the broadness of the tree in the vegetative world. So now the smallest seed brings about one of the biggest trees. And Jesus says you couldn't do it because your faith was small. But I still say to Jesus, I'm challenged there, Jesus, because if you said they had small faith and you said I only need enough faith the size of a mustard seed. What he's really saying here is the small faith that they had was not about the size of their faith, but it was about the quality of their faith. Are you hearing me? Because the kind of faith they had, they had faith is what when it translated out, it translates out to uh, faith with hesitation. And so you've heard me teach faith without hesitation before. And what I'm telling you is in this season that we're in, that the world is shifting, economies are breaking down, people are fighting war. Uh, uh, supply chain issues. What I'm telling you is you cannot have faith with hesitation. The word hesitation is the word that means uh, it needs to be reassured all the time. Oh, come on. I'm about to preach to myself. You can't wake up one morning and got faith so strong that you can lift the house, but then you go to bed and wake up the next morning that you don't even believe God halfway exists. Come on. Hesitation, faith that always needs to be reassured. At some point, you're going to have to trust God for who he is, what he has said and what he has done. Has he not proven anything to you? Jesus says to the disciples, it's the quality of your faith. Because, listen, he says, if you got faith like this, nothing will be impossible for you. He says, however, this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. What is this kind? This kind of demon? No. This kind of little faith. If you want to increase your faith, you need to spend some time in the spiritual disciplines. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, y'all asked me about casting out demons. And I'm telling you the reason you couldn't do it was a faith issue. This ain't an issue of what kind of de demon gets cast out when you got to fast and pray. No, the problem is when you approach a demon, come on, when you roll up on a demon, what you going to tell the demon? Stay there for seven days. I'm going to go back and pray and fast for seven days. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and fast for 40 nights. No, when you approach a demon and you don't know he's there and he raises up, you got to have the faith to case they come out in Jesus name. But you can't have the kind of faith that says, come out, I think, in Jesus' name, I think. <laughs> come on. It's the quality of your faith. Yes, Bernita, it's the quality. It's not the size as it relates to. It's the quality. Is it the faith that says, I know what I know? Hey, it could be small in the sense of 
I've not walked with Jesus a long time. I, I'm just learning him. But it's still, I believe what I believe without wavering. Y'all with me? So what that says is this. Here's where I'm going today and I'm finished. When it comes to this uh, faith as a way of currency, hear me. You have to have faith without limitations. Okay. Y'all ready? Look at, uh, look at Matthew chapter eight real quick. Matthew chapter eight. Faith without limitations. I want to show you an example of it. It starts at verse five. Matthew chapter eight, starting at verse five. Here's what it reads. And Jesus entered the village of Capernaum and uh, it says a Roman captain, a captain. I'm reading from the message Bible. A Roman captain came up in a panic and said, master, my servant is sick. He can't walk. He's in terrible pain. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. The man replies, oh, no, I don't want you. I don't want to put you through all that trouble. Just give the order and my servant will be fine. I am a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell one soldier go and he goes and to another come and he comes to my slave. Do this. He does this. Taken aback. Jesus says, watch what Jesus says. I have yet to come across this kind of faith or simple trust in Israel. The very people who are supposed to know all about God and how he works. Woo. This man is the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions, streaming in from the east, pouring in from the west, sitting down at God's kingdom banquet alongside Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to those who grew up in the faith, but had no faith will find themselves out in the cold. Y'all, I'm preaching real good. Just reading the scripture right here. Outsiders to the grace and wondering and wondering what happened. Then Jesus turned to the captain and said, go. What you believe could happen has happened. At that moment, the text says his servant became well. Now, listen, I love this. Because this man is a Roman soldier, which means he is not of the household of faith. But at some point, he believes, he hears about Jesus and believes Jesus. Even if it had happened to that very moment, the intentionality was to find Jesus. <coughs> and the text says that he comes running to Jesus all up in arms. Hey, my servant is sick. I need you to, I need you to heal him. Now watch. Jesus says to the man, I'll come and heal him. It's as if Jesus says, it's because of who I am, my heart and compassion. Remember, I've been, I've been sent to heal the sick, mend the brokenhearted, you know, set at liberty the captives. So he says, I'll come. This is a man who is outside of Israel. He's not Jewish. Okay. He is a Roman 
He is, he's Italian. He's in a Roman, he's a Roman soldier, right? Jesus says, I'll come. The man responds to him and says, no, don't come. Wait, Jesus says, I'll come. As if to say, because of who I am, I'll come. The man says to Jesus, no, don't come. Send your word. It's as if to say, because of who I am, I don't want you to come. Because what I realize about you, Jesus, and what I believe about you is that I do not have to have you walk into my house to heal my servant. What I know is you can just send the word and he will be healed. Jesus is blown away. Why? Because here is a man, here it is, who uses faith without limitations. You know how we pray, Lord, just give me enough money where I just don't have to worry about stuff. Maybe y'all ain't never prayed that. It's like, I say to the Lord all the time, I don't have to be rich. I don't have to be filthy rich. I just want to live a comfortable life. Give me enough to have all my bills paid. Give me a little land to be able to leave my family with something. You get what I'm saying? Jesus says, okay, Tim, start with your faith, though. Can you operate with unlimited faith? Because you're asking me to release resources that breaks off barriers. But what I want you to do is to start with faith that breaks off barriers. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? He knew who Jesus was. And he says, you don't have to come to my house. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to burden you like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to put you through the trouble of walking all the way to my house. Listen, I know I walked all the way to you, but I walked all the way to you to show my faith. You don't have to walk all the way to my house for me to have faith enough in you. You don't have to do it. My faith is so unlimited that all you got to say is, it's done. I'm gonna walk all the way back to the crib expecting to see my servant healed because you said it's done. People, what I'm trying to get you to say, to see is that faith is available to the, un to the believer without limitations. Well, wait, you gotta use it without limitations. Quit praying for unlimited funds and start praying for unlimited faith. Selah. Are you hearing me? Faith is the currency in the kingdom. And we got to use it without limitations. Now, let me, let me also, you know, let me also give you the other side of that. You got to have wisdom too. Don't get me wrong. You got to have wisdom. Yeah, if you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor, but go to the doctor with faith. You see what I'm saying? Go to the doctor with faith. Have wisdom. But your faith needs to be unlimited. Y'all with me? Okay. So then... Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Remember, same guy, I'm giving you another text, but the same father that brings the son to Jesus 
Jesus says to uh, when he says uh, to the father, Jesus, the father says to Jesus, you know, heal my son. Your, your boys couldn't heal, heal him. Jesus says this to the man. Um, do you believe? Okay. Mark verse nine. That's where I want to give it to you. Chapter 20, uh, verse nine, chapter nine, verse 23 and 24. Jesus says to the man, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Look at what happens. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. Listen. So it's so funny, though. Jesus asked the man, do you believe? You know, I look at the style when I look at the text, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at all of it. And I want to say to Jesus, why would you ask him if he believes when he actually brought the son to you? Because it's one thing to bring him to me. It's another thing to believe he'll go home healed. Oh, y'all. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, yo. What happens to most of us? Our faith stops at, I brought him to Jesus. That's where our faith stops. We feel like that it should end there. And what I'm saying to you is that faith without limitations says this. I'm bringing it to Jesus, but my faith goes beyond bringing it to Jesus. My faith says that when I return from Jesus, what I brought will be different, healed, whole, correct. Are y'all y'all with me? Unlimited faith. We often limit our faith by saying, here, Jesus, now you do the rest. So Jesus is standing there, able to do the rest, but he says to the boy's father, do you believe? And the boy's daddy started crying. Because Jesus knows how to ask questions that hits the sore spots. <laughs> he started crying and said, yeah, yeah, I believe. Listen, but help the part of my faith that's limited. Help remove the boundaries of my faith. Because I brought them to you, but a part of me believed that it wasn't nothing going to change, but I figured I'd do it anyway. Everybody been talking about you. I figured nothing wasn't going to change. Look how y'all looking. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just figured I'd do, I figured I would. Here it is. Go through the faith motions. Because we can go through the faith motions and still don't have faith for change. Because your currency is small. Your currency is weak. And we go through the faith motions because we grew. Jesus, Jesus just said it, y'all. Back in the in the Matthew text that we did eight, he said about the, the Roman. He said, this guy is the beginning of a whole bunch of folk who didn't grow up in church. That's going to be sitting at the table with the fathers of the faith and those who grew up in the faith going to be outside in the cold wondering what happened. Because they don't have quality faith. That's what Jesus said. I'm reading the text. I ain't reading it wrong. Ain't no mysteries in this one. 
What he's saying is there are people who didn't grow up in church that come into the kingdom other ways. They, didn't, they weren't born into the kingdom like many people, you know, like, like the church of God in Christ. You can't, be, you can't join in. You got to born in, be born in. Email me. But there are other people who didn't get born in. They didn't grow up in a church in a family of believers. They didn't come up and they were PKs or, or serve church uh, 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 leaders in the church kids. They came in because they were on drugs. They came in because their daddy was drunk and abusive and beat their mama half to death. And all they knew was somebody said that this Jesus thing could do something for me and I'm going to try. And they tripped over Jesus one day. And next thing you know, their faith was bigger, unlimited. And Jesus says those who grew up in the church got limited faith because they talk about it more than they express it. Yeah, they play about church more than they live their faith. They video shouts and dance and laugh, but more than they believe that God can actually do it. It has become uh, a part of culture. But it's not a part of my limitless living in the kingdom. Yeah, make that a real. I said it. I said it, church and faith is funny. It's funny now. That's why we ain't healing nobody. That's why we're not raising the dead because it's a big old joke and we don't and we don't take it seriously anymore. And I go to church with my phone so I can video to see who I, what I can post and how many likes I can get and if I can go viral because church now is either funny Come on, or culturally appropriate, let's dance, let's shout. But I leave out of here and I can't lay hands on the sick and they will not recover. I can't cast a demon out, but I can shout. Look how y'all looking. We're talking about kingdom currency that's gonna go further than a video. We don't wanna hear this kind of preacher. Cause you did, yeah, yeah. We don't want to hear this kind of preaching, Nicole, because this kind of preacher ain't popular and is coming against the grain. Yeah, we want, we want people to accept our belief, and so we we make jokes about it. We ain't got no faith. Can I say ain't got no double negative? No faith. And the little faith that we do have is poor quality. Come on. I'm using Jesus' name because grandmama told me to, not because I believe it and I'll, I'll die for it if I had to. Not that. And Jesus says, it's these very people that's going to be sending out Nicole when all the other folk who didn't grow up in church, who just learned about me, who believe at an alarming rate with limitless faith, they're going to see miracles and they'll end up sitting at the feast. Okay. All right. I'll let it ride. I'll let it ride. So Jesus, uh, the man says to Jesus, help my unbelief. 
Listen, how is it? How, Pastor, do we get unlimited faith? Here it is. Let me give you. I just got two things for you real quick. Unlimited faith. Two things. Number one, just like this guy did, ask Jesus to unlock the limitations. Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus to unlock the limitations. Can I can I suggest to you? That when you unlock, when God unlocks limitations on our faith, it may not be a pretty day. Because oftentimes when faith gets unlocked to that degree, it's painful because you're really at a place of God. I'm counting on you. You all I got. You all I got. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I can't believe this is going on. You are all I have. I'm not calling anybody. I'm not calling. I'm not calling a family. I'm not calling prayer partners. I'm not calling pastor. I'm calling you. It is at that place where God starts unlocking, helping you to unlock the next dimensions and the next uh, places of faith in your life. But you got to ask God like this man did help my unbelief. You got to first uh, own the fact that you've been operating with limited faith. Where God is saying, I want you to operate with unlimited faith. You got all I can pour in all the faith that you need. He says, but you got to operate to that degree. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and and look, it is almost scary. I I told you that uh, that I asked the Lord about my neighbor when he passed away and um, his wife called to say, hey, would you just come over and pray? He just passed away. It's just me and him. And I was downtown and on my way home, I said, Lord, is this it? Do you want me to lay hands on him and bring him back? Is this it? I was scared to death that he was going to say yes. But I'm crazy enough to believe I believed it for many years that God, before I leave this earth, the Lord will use me to raise the dead. I believe it. And I have believed it since my early teen years. And I ask him, is this it? Is this it? I'm scared. And if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. But we got to have we got to have limitless faith. You know, I asked him with, with Timmy, I asked him with my son, is this it? It's what I need to do. Because I can't do it if you don't tell me that, that I'm what I'm supposed to be doing. It can't be my will. It got to be your will. I'm just a conduit. But I do have enough faith that if you say do it, I will. OK. Where am I? OK, so number one, you got to ask God to unlock your faith. Here's number two. I'm over my time. You ready? If you are going to uh, have unlimited faith, you got to get to know Jesus at a deeper level. When God showed me this, I was like, huh? It's like, yeah, watch this. Look at John chapter two. This is the first. uh, We're about to look at the first miracle that we see Jesus do in the gospel of John. It's the water uh, into wine thing. Watch this. Uh, John chapter two, verse one. And it says here. uh, 
uh, I, I think I'm at verse one, but I'm reading here. three days later. There was a wedding in the village of Canaan in Galilee. Jesus mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were also guests there. You got to be like really in to have Jesus at your wedding. You know what I mean? To just invite Jesus. I'm inviting Jesus. He'll be here. Man, this is just so dope. Uh, anyway, um, Jesus was there with his disciples. When they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, <laughs> um, they're just about out of wine. And Jesus says, uh, is that any of our business? He's like, mother, it's not yours or mine. And um, he says, plus, this is not my time. Don't push me. Here's what she said in verse five. She went ahead anyway, telling the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Here it is. We got to know Jesus at a, dip, a deeper level. Mom comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, they're almost out of wine. And Jesus is like, what? Okay, you're say, you saying that because what? I mean, you know, it's Jesus. Uh, we want to say he's respectful. You know, actually, the uh, uh, the uh, the King James Version says woman. He says to her woman, what what have we to do? What does it got to do with me? And I love the fact that regardless of him saying that to her, it's not my time yet. Here's what she had. She had limitless faith because she knew her son. So she went to the servants and says, Y'all do whatever he tell you to do. Just do it. <laughs> and we know from there, Jesus turns water to wine. Okay. But we have to be like Mary. We have to have this level of confidence in Jesus. Listen, because of what we know about him. This is where often our faith gets limited because we don't know. We don't know Jesus. We don't know his heart. We don't understand his ways because we don't study and our worship is limited. Our worship is limited. We don't study him. So then we don't worship in a way where we come into contact with the presence. Okay. Remember I told you that revelation says that, uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, the way you know Jesus is in the midst of a room is when there's a prophetic flow happening. Whether it's a singing prophetically, speaking, it, it's a prophetic flow happening because we worship to where we get into this presence. This happens, y'all, because we get to know him. Here is my heart for you and my heart for me that we get to know him more that we read more about him. You know, walk through the Gospels and just take your time to digest the stories of Jesus, how he asked questions, how he saw a thing, interprets a thing, encounters people, engages people, get to know him. When we, like Mary, get to know him, our faith is unmovable. Jesus says to my mama, mama, it ain't time. Come on, mom. She looks at the, at the servants like, do what he tell you to do. Because what I know about my son, what I know about my son 
is that he's going to come through. That's what I know about my son. Not only will he come through, he got the power to do it. He got the power to do it. So here's the deal. I'm done. Our faith, guys, has to be unlimited. But our faith is like stocks and bonds. It's like mutual funds. It has to mature. And faith matures when we exercise it. When we use our faith, it matures. Y'all with me? And we got to have faith in God, not in faith in outcomes. Faith in God, not faith in outcomes. I'll say it again. Faith in God, not faith in outcomes. Okay, that's the Hebrew boys. Hebrew boys says, we're not going to bow down to you. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm going to throw y'all in the fire. And he says, okay, king, here's the bottom line. The God we serve can deliver us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, he's able to do it. That's when you know that you got faith in God and not faith in outcomes. Unlimited faith. Even if I die in this fire, it's not because he can't. About that. Okay? All right, outcomes happen. When we have faith in God. So here's the wrap. I'm done. I'm done. With today's climate, the global, global, global climate, gas, war, uh, not being able to find stuff. Before she was telling me yesterday, she said, but I didn't buy any, uh, I didn't buy any chicken wings this time because the chicken wings were $35 a pack. If y'all don't know, that Jesus is on his way back, go to the gas pump and go to the fridge where the chicken packs are. Wings at $35 a pack. Devil is a lie. Yeah, she said, I didn't get it this time. So here's what I want you to know, though. When stuff like that is happening, you got to remember, here it is, that you are citizens of heaven. That you are in the kingdom of God. And you got to remember that our faith, our currency, is in God. If you can unlock your faith, I will tell you, you are one of the richest people in the world. Faith. Dorian shared a story, and I'm finished. Um, she shared a story the other day and it was just a little article of the great the late great Catherine Kuhlman and she is legendary her story is that as a female preacher during that those times back in the 50s it probably was you know it was already rough for for women in that time but people found out that she had gone through a divorce she was actually preaching somewhere at the time when that, that particular pastor heard about it, the word spread. He went and interrupted her preaching, put her out of the church. He repented to the people that he let this kind of person, you know, preach in the church because she was divorced. And so she went through hard times, like really bru bruised and punished by the church themselves 
but she kept preaching Jesus. And if you are aware of Catherine Kuhlman, actually Benny Hinn was a student of Catherine Kuhlman, studied her. Catherine Kuhlman was an anointed woman of God uh, with the power of healing in her hands. Because of her faith, never wavered in God, even with what she went through. The story is told that Catherine Kuhlman was so anointed that as she was doing conferences in hotels, they would bring her through the kitchen to, to come to where she needed to be. And the kitchen staff, as she walked by, would fall out under the power of the Holy Ghost. Because her faith in God was bigger than, unlimited, and was not limited to the stuff that people would say about her. Here's the deal. What I'm saying to you here is your faith is a currency. It not just brings breakthroughs during the day. It can bring a power on your life that wherever you go, people are impacted by the power of God on your life. What I'm saying to you, saints, kingdom living is bigger than big houses. Kingdom living is bigger than debt-free living. All that's important. It's good. If you got a big house and you, you're nice, whatever. If you're debt-free, yes. But the kingdom of God, kingdom living, is bigger than that. That there is a currency of faith that takes me beyond being debt-free on my side. But it causes me to have an impact in the lives of others. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whether spiritual or physical. Or, or physical. And I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you in the area of your faith. That you wake up and say, I will not worry that you go and get a scripture and you say, I will not worry because the word of God says this, and I believe God, my faith is growing every day. That's what I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you that you'll stand on his word, that you'll operate from that posture, that the currency of faith, the kingdom currency of faith is not limited in your life. There's no hesitation in your faith. There is no breakdown in your faith. Come on. There is no up and down in your faith. Some of the challenges is we have spikes in faith and then the next few weeks is we flat. No flat line in faith. No flat line. That you have faith every day. So here's the deal. Okay, Pastor, what does that mean? That means the stuff that's plaguing your life, you're going to have to speak to it. Uh-oh. You got to speak to what plagues your life and speak the word over it. Come on. If it's a relationship issue, speak to the relationship. You may want to start, oh, listen, you may want to start with a picture of y'all. If your partner can't handle it, just start with a picture and start declaring to the picture. Release faith. Let it grow. Watch God do it. According to your word, Father, it be done. 
Watch him do it. Then you graduate from talking to the picture to speaking aloud in the house. You graduate from speaking aloud to the house in the house to declaring a thing to the pillow and the sheets in the bedroom. Look how y'all looking. Come on. Then you graduate to the place where you're holding your spouse's hand and declaring victory over a thing. You have to use the faith, let it grow. They used to tell us back in the day, get your checkbook and declare over it. Try it. We say, Pastor, we don't have no checkbooks. You know what I'm talking about. Don't try it. Get your phone where you do your banking business. Declare a thing. And then you line up over it. Because when you line up over it, stuff starts lining up around you. I got to go. But let me tell you this story and I'm out. I got a, I got a, a, a new, I got a new doctor and uh, I'm excited about the new doctor because um, he was recommended and here's long story short, long story short, what I did not know about the doctor and I don't even think uh, what I, I don't know if Candy knew about this either. Candy uh, Kyler who comes on often told me about the doctor. It is her dad's doctor, her grandmama's doctor and he is a, um, he's an endocrinologist for diabetes, right? So I went to him, I drove to Birmingham, and I got it, I set the appointment back in March. It's like, we don't have anything open until uh, July. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. So I went, and let me tell you about my faith. I mean, y'all been with me, this, this diabetes thing's up and down for me. I hadn't even told my sisters about this. I'm just gonna tell them about it this week. Um, so anyway, I'm, I got there. And it was just a great experience. Nothing lavish, plain doctor, you know, salt and pepper hair, salt and pepper beard, older gentleman, really humble and sweet. And I told him, I said, listen, I've heard so much about you, uh, Dr. Teague, and I'm just honored to be here. And you know, he just shook his head very humbly. And so we started talking and going through some things. Like he said, I wanna do some blood work on you and whatever, whatever. And he was very encouraging. It was like one of the best doctor's visits I've had in probably over 15 years, 16 years. My numbers are going in the right direction. Things are going well, right? So I confessed something to him and I told him, I said, I have not confessed this to anybody. And I don't know if I was embarrassed or not, but in my prayer time, I said to the Lord, now Lord, I'm gonna be, I'm just being transparent. I said, Lord, I'm asking you for long life. I said, now, mama passed away at 65 from breast cancer. I said, but daddy, was 85 when he died. My grandmama on my mama's side was 96 when she died. And I think my granddaddy on my daddy's side was 80 plus, if not 85 plus. And I said, now Lord, I know you can do it. And I said, I realized that I gotta do my part. I said, listen, I want, I, there's so much left in me to do. I honestly don't even feel like I've started yet. And I said, you just sent me a young, good looking wife and I wanna be here to enjoy her. And I said, I'm asking you for long life. So I confessed to my doctor. And I said, Dr. T, I've never told anybody this, but I'm gonna tell you. I've been doing my part, really working hard here, trying to do better. I said, I'm still struggling. You know, the sweets and all of that kind of stuff, carbs is still a struggle. I, he said, I said, but I, I'm trying more than I ever have. And he said, and I said, I asked the Lord for long life. My doctor, who I met that day, he got up from his desk, it was in the consult, the, the consult room. 
he walked around to me, laid his hands on my shoulder, and he said, well, since you've asked God, why don't we ask him together? And he commenced the calling on Jesus in the doctor's office. I had to pull my mind in to, you know, to touch and agree because I'm freaking out. I'm like, so you telling me that you sent me all the way to Birmingham <laughs> to line up with a doctor who talks to you? Yeah. Because my faith has gone to another level about some things. And what I've learned about God is when you allow your faith to go to a, the next level on some things, he'll send the supporting staff that you need. Come on. And I said to him before I left, I said, Dr. Teague, I appreciate you. I've never had a member of my medical team to pray for me. And he said to me, I pray for all my patients but I don't always get the chance to pray with them. I appreciate that. He said, I'm believing God with you that you'll have long life to do ministry in this community and to be with your family. Do you hear what I'm saying? You stretch your faith and God is always stretching the faith of other people to meet you. It's a currency. And when you bring his faith to him, he says, yeah, I see the value of your faith. And let's make some exchanges here. I've never had an encounter like that. Y'all, I believe, based on Candy's recommendation to me, that this was something that I needed to do based on the doctor's uh, work with her dad. This man ain't even in my network. So what I so what I tell y'all that when y'all send Pastor Love offers, it helps me. He ain't in my network. That was an out-of-pocket payment. But I just believed. Number one, I believed in March that I would have it to be able to pay out of pocket in July. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Stretch your faith. Unlimited. I speak over you limitless faith. I just want to speak to your brain so your brain can your mind not your brain your mind can align with your spirit and start believing God in different ways in different areas it is a currency of the kingdom faith without it you can't even please God eh, all right I got to go. If we was in church together, I would say everybody stand up. Let us all stand. Okay, but you at the crib, you ain't got to stand. But listen, I want to pray with you today. And I want to say to you that God is ready to touch you in a way that's going to blow your mind and break the shackles off the faith that you have in him. I think that's the way we want to say it. Blow shackles off the faith that you have in him. What is that? His faith. Let me go back and just give you that definition again so we can sit with you. Faith is the reliance on Christ supporting what you're expecting and proof of what you've yet to see. Are you hearing me? I know DJ mine exploded too.
not an explosive chew. I was I was texting with Candy's mom, and Candy's mom uh, sent a text to both of us that said that when she met Dr. T years ago, what God he said that his mama taught him that you are a doctor and you just treat what God heals. That's what his mama told him, Dr. T's mama. Anyway, obviously I'm a fan. I told him I am in love with Dr. T, with Dr. T because he joined his faith with mine. And y'all, can I say something? Sometimes all you need, the quality of your faith needs to be just enough to get it over the line so it can connect with somebody else's. And then next thing you know, it expands and it's limitless. Look, if you need to connect with the Lord Jesus Christ, they're gonna put the information on the team. Eh, uh, on the screen. They're gonna put the information on the screen. And you can text the word new life to the number that they put in the chat. And uh, we wanna connect with you. We wanna give you what you need. Faith starts at the place of salvation, okay? It says here that Jesus sent, or God sent Jesus to die for me. I believe it. I receive it into my life. And I declare that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Faith starts right there. You cannot expect to have it if you cannot believe in the finished work of Christ. Okay? And I, I say that unapologetically. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the door. No man comes to the Father except by me. So if God is, you know, the Savior of your life through Jesus Christ, it is because you got Jesus and he gives us access to God the Father. So text the word new life to the number. You can also text uh, the number, text the word uh, connect if you want to join Christ Center Church. And it's time. See, when you, church is a place of faith connections. It, it, we've used it for so many other connections, but it's really a place of faith connections is what it is. It's not for perfect people. And so if you're looking for a perfect church, don't come to Christ Center. Because even if we were perfect, we became imperfect because you came. So, imperfect people, still growing, still being stretched, but operating in faith. And we want to join our faith with yours. And we all grow and mature together. So if you want to join our church, text new, uh, text connect to the number right there in your chat. And we got you. All right, listen, I love y'all. And I believe this week is going to be a week for you that your faith, goes from limited to limitless. I'm believing with you in Jesus' name. I got to let you go. Go in peace. And the God of peace goes with you. Have an amazing week. I love you. I'll see you next week. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today. Wherever you go, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go.
God is great and greatly to be praised, and we have come to worship the Lord this morning. Come on, clap your hands right here.